Welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast, where we partner with experts in the health, wellness, and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science, real facts, and real food. I'm your host, Daron. And I'm Nicole. And today we're talking about owning your process. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 61 of the Eat Right Nutrition podcast. Today, we are talking about owning your process. This is something that I often really talk to myself about, and (laughs) and I also talk to many of my clients about it or anybody on a fitness journey or anyone that I really feel isn't owning their process or maybe a conversation with, oh, man, you're really owning your process and I love it. So, Nicole, let's dive right into this topic. Let's kind of talk about what owning your process is. I think owning your process is taking responsibility for the place that you are in your life and not blaming anyone else for you being there. Like if you are in a place where you are looking to lose weight, you can't blame everyone around you or the stresses in your life for being overweight, you have to take responsibility and own the fact that the process that you just completed the past six months of not focusing on your meal plan or not getting into the gym or maybe not making fitness, making your health and wellness, excuse me, a priority, that's owning your process. Being like, okay, I wasn't focused. I didn't take responsibility or I didn't get what I needed to get done and it wasn't a priority. And now I'm just going to take responsibility. I'm going to flip the switch and a pickup and I'm going to make the changes. As opposed to what I think we commonly see, people coming in and going, I have no idea how I got here. <laughs> and, or, and or, well, uh, I don't know, I went through a divorce and so I've been eating and not myself, which is okay. I get you. I hear you. But you have to take responsibility for the fact that you weren't living a healthy lifestyle and now you're coming in and you're going to take ownership of the process to get healthy. And Nicole, I think ultimately owning your process really comes down to you're in charge and you're in the driver's seat and you're the one making choices. So let's, we have a few different components here to, I think, owning your process. And I think that they carry over into your fitness journey as well as just overall your life journey. And I think that for, you know, for myself personally, I think these are things that I've come to realize throughout my life is that everything is on me. So I want to really dive into the first part of owning your process, which is accepting responsibility. Mm -hmm. It's realizing that you are where you are because of the decisions that you've made. And this is empowering. This is a great opportunity for you. Once you realize this and you can start taking responsibility for being exactly where you are, this gives you the power to be exactly where you want to be. Once you understand that and you're okay with, like, I think a lot of people get stuck in the the guilt and shame of, I've said this before on a couple of our other podcasts, like they get embarrassed that they are here, wherever here is, instead of going, this is where I am and I'm going to put on my fighting gloves and I'm going to take the next step and take ownership, take responsibility, make different choices. And, and how am I going to go about doing that? And it's not like this massive shift. It's like, what is the next step that I'm going to take? What is the one habit, right? 
when we talk about when we're coaching clients, we oftentimes talk about habits and stacking habits or layering habits, one on top of another. And in this process, you're going to think of where you are and where you want to be. And that's very overwhelming to think of. So it's important to have a vision of where you want to go. But it's also important to break that down into the steps and the habits that it's going to take over a long period of time to get you there. Yeah. And like we've talked about before, too many people jump too far ahead and skip steps in between instead of taking it a little bit slower, a little bit more methodical. Even my competitors that I now have in my caseload that are thinking of the competition and they're at the end result getting on stage as opposed to thinking literally one meal, one workout, one day at a time that is going to build into the six months to a year of prep to get to that end result. Or if it's a weight loss goal, one day, one meal, one workout, one pound at a time before you get to the end result and enjoying that peace and that progress. Yeah. And from a life standpoint, it's this is your story, right? From the time that you're born to the time that you die, it's this is your story and what happens in between you're in control of, right? So I'll use the your example, Nicole, of the competitors that you coach Mm-hmm. And it's like this is their story. Right. So let's say they're starring in a movie and let's say their movie's pumping iron. Right. <laughs> and they are Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. He decided his fate. Mm-hmm. Just like you're in your own movie. You're the director. You're the producer. You're the main character. And whatever you decide is going to happen. So it's, it's really about the decisions that you're making that are going to drive these changes to the life that you want and the results that you want. Yeah. And I always it's funny that you talk about a character because I've had many conversations with clients where um, I'll just use this as an example. They'll tell me like, oh, I I ate over my calories for the week and I feel really bad about it. And I say I would say the conversation would then go something like, "Okay, well, what do you think you could do differently? And my clients will say, well, I I need to I need to really hone down on this habit. And I would the, the next part of the dialogue is, well, the, the fit person in your mind that you want to be that character or that next level human that you want to be, how do you see that human or that next level person living in order to reach that goal, right? So if it's like a character is kind of a good word because it's like a, the next level of who you want to be, how are they living? Are they skipping their workouts? Probably not. Are they eating over their calories? Probably not. Are they making it a priority in time to sit down and eat? Probably not. So you really have to live, act, eat, sleep, and breathe the quote unquote character or role that you're trying to level up to. You know, they say in business, if you want to um, surround yourself with people that are next level so that you literally start to eat, sleep, and breathe like, and think like they do. So you become that next level human. I think that's really important, you know, when you're setting goals to think like you are already there and successful. So you act like the person that would be at that level of success. Yeah. And I think that part of achieving this success is planning for success. So Mm -hmm. in this phase, when we're talking about, you know, you're the star of a movie, you're the director, you're the writer, the producer, you're the main character that it's that one piece, you're the writer, right? So planning for your success is like writing a script prior to Mm -hmm. acting it out. If there, if there wasn't a script, 
everything would kind of just be all over the place. You wouldn't really know what direction you were going, where you wanted the character to go, where you wanted him to be. It's, it's really important to kind of plan for success. And you have to accept responsibility for planning or not planning. Like you've got to plan your life out. And I think that this is an important thing for our, some of our listeners who, you know, there there have been in the past. I've had clients who are like, you know what, I'm not getting results and you're not doing what you need to be doing as a coach. And I'm like, hey, man, like this isn't my journey. This isn't my life. I'm just here to guide you. You're here to do the work and put in the work. If you're not getting results, it's not because I suck as a coach. It's because you are not owning your process. And I think this is where I really wanted to to emphasize and, and record this episode, because I think it's important for people to understand what owning your process is. It's much bigger when it comes to health and fitness. Now, you know, people just were working out to be fit and healthy and it was fun. Then you layer in the nutrition piece, then you layer in the stress and sleep piece, then you layer in supplementation. We've really kind of upped the game in terms of what a health and wellness program or lifestyle looks like, especially over the all the years I've been doing this. So it's a lot bigger beast when it comes to working with clientele. And from a client standpoint, it's a lot bigger beast in terms of maybe being a little overwhelming. Like you have to worry about being flexible, having fun good functional movement, being strong, having endurance, eating well, sleeping well. We're war people are worried about supplements and their immune system. Like it's layered in so much that I think that can be overwhelming. So stripping down to the main part of your goals is going to kind of streamline that story like little bits at a time as you build on that manuscript of your of your fitness journey. All right. And then we get to the next part of owning your process, which is forgiving yourself, forgiving yourself for past mistakes and failures. And I think that it's important to realize that two things about your mistakes and your failures. One, these are necessary for growth, for you to learn about yourself and your process and how you do things and how you operate. And it's super important for you to make mistakes and it is super important for you to fail. And two, you can't be defined by these failures because mm -hmm. then you're going to be stuck in this vicious cycle of I can't. I've tried this in the past. I've tried everything. It doesn't work. And that's really just not the truth. The truth yeah. is that you haven't really tried everything and you haven't owned your process. And this is why it hasn't worked for you. So the question that I would ask you is, are you ready to step up to the plate now? Are you really ready to commit to owning your process? Because if you are, you will succeed. Anyone that's listened to me talk about failures being fantastic. You all know what I think. I failed a lot, probably too many times to count. <laughs> and I think I'm an amazing person because of those failures. You learn so much during that process. It's hard and it sucks. And, you know, it is what it is. But making that next step and, and going, OK, what did I what could I have done better? And it is a little bit of guilt and shame. You do feel bad. Like, how come I didn't? I always ask myself when I when I, when I find myself in a place of failure, I always ask myself, like, what did I miss? Like, what wasn't I seeing? And then I get I understand the need or the urge to get upset. Like, why didn't I see that? How come I didn't know whatever insert, whatever failure you experienced? Why didn't I know A, B, C and D? And why didn't I see that faster? And sometimes I get upset. Like if I had known that or if some why didn't anybody tell me everybody's watching me try and do this and no one said anything. 
Well, because no one's supposed to say anything. No one's supposed to tell you. You're supposed to have the experience and you're supposed to learn from it. And then you yourself authentically get to actually feel that. It's like when we tell people, like there's so many times with clients where I say, you have to get your steps in. I say, you have to make it a priority. Nicole, there's just no way I can do that. Okay, don't. My, the old coach in me used to be like, well, well you have to or you're going to be a failure. <laughs> I was kind of all or nothing coach. And now I say, OK, well, let's do the best we can to get as many steps as in as you can and then progress from there. Right. Write that script yourself. What can you do right now? And they'll will start at like 8000 steps and then they start to see change because they physically are experiencing it the way they need to experience it. And then I say, OK, well, think about if you do 8000, what you'll get if you do 10. Like, why don't we give that a try? Oh, my God, you're right. I'm, I'm seeing changes. I'm feeling so good. So the client gets to actually have that control and that experience to understand what that value is for the change. And then that internally is what motivates because now they're seeing results and they want to do it more and more. This is where a lot of the motivational interviewing in terms of being a great coach comes in because the person actually gets to experience the success and the failure. And then that drives the the push to do more as opposed to us just telling them what to do, forcing them to do it, holding their feet to the fire. They either don't do it because they don't see the value in it or they don't have the failure in it. So it doesn't drive them and push them to do more or even have the success. So either way, it really is about you owning the process so that you actually get to have those experiences. Yeah. And I think, Nicole, when it comes to failures or when it comes to mistakes, right, if I make a mistake, I have a rule now. I say, Daron, you have about 10 to 15 minutes to be upset about this, and then you have to move on. 10 to 15 minutes? I think you take like a 24 hour window. (laughs) All right. I think I think I more often than not today, let things roll off. You just don't hear about those things because I've taken 15 minutes and I don't bitch about everything now just some things okay fair but you've got a limited amount of time where you can be disappointed about it and then you have to move on mm-hmm. and i think we need to be more grateful for the our, our shortcomings and and more grateful for our mistakes and failures because they do teach us very valuable lessons mm-hmm. the other thing that i'm going to say is and this is where i find there's i know this in myself too If you fail trying, the feeling is far different than if Mm -hmm. you fail not trying where where like you didn't give it your all. And I'll give you an example. If I training for my bodybuilding competitions, I knew this going into my shows. Yeah, I was just going to say if I didn't give it one hundred and ten percent, I'm going to know on that stage and whatever the outcome is, I'm going to be disappointed. But if I gave it my all and I didn't win or I didn't place I did the best I could. There was nothing else that I could have done under the given circumstances. So when it's a completely different feeling when you're like, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. Oh, shit. I fell on my face. Okay, cool. I'm going to get back up. Like, I know I can do this because I've been doing it versus you haven't tried. And then you feel like shit and you feel like a shitty person for it. Because let's be honest, you, that it it eats up at you thinking I should have done. I could have done. What could I have done better? And so that eats up in your heart and you know you didn't give it your all. But I've had this with some of my competitors now that have absolutely dominated their preps and they get on stage and they feel amazing. The high isn't about the, the even the competition. The high is about how they got there. So it is a def- definitely a different feeling for sure. All right. And then the next one is decide what you want. Decide what you want and go for it. 
no more flip-flopping. Well, maybe I want it. Maybe I don't. And this goes into the next one, which Nicole, I know you don't like me to skip ahead a little bit, but embracing hard, because I mm-hmm. often think that people decide what they want. And then all of a sudden they don't want it anymore when it becomes difficult. And then they start to think, maybe Second I guess. don't really want this. Maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I'm content with where I'm at. And with, mm-hmm. with that being said, uh, something you said, I, I don't even know what you just said before, but it th- reminded me of my motto of don't die with your goals, right? Those goals, you still have those goals. You're convincing yourself because it's, it's hard that you no longer have those goals, but you do. And they're still there. And if you just continue to be content with where quote unquote content, I don't even think you're really content, but if you continue to be again, quote unquote content, <laughs> you you're going to die with your goals. You're going to lay in your deathbed one day and you're going to say, I would have, I could have, I should have. And I didn't. And now I'm at the end of the road. I'm at the end of my story and my story sucks. This was the worst fucking movie I've ever could have written <laughs> in my entire life. Nobody wants to see this shit. It's not making sales at the box office. It sucks. <laughs> Oh, well, I, the going back to the dialogue that you had just mentioned about, like I have conversations with clients and this is a question to our listeners. If you've ever experienced this yourself, a weekend, I have a client that has a weekend out with the girls and they go, well, I'll do my best and I'll try, which is great. I want you to try. That's great. But it would be a lot more powerful if you said I'm sticking to my goals. This is when you go back to what you want. I feel like they don't know what they want when there's more than one option on the table. Like if this is what you want, this is the goal that you want, then you again have to live that way. So when you go out with your girlfriends, you have to plan ahead. You have to look at the menu, have to make decisions that are going to lead you towards the end of this process. And if you're not willing to do that, then do you know what you really want? That's a big, that's a powerful one when it comes to the dialogue that you have with yourself and the dialogue around laying in bed going, should I go to the gym? That should never be a question if you have a goal. It should never be, should I go? You have to change that dialogue. That's a big one for me with clients. I think once you're able to decide what you want and actually go for it, like that's it. You just have to go. And like Nicole, like you alluded to, you have to decide what you want. Like, do you want to just go out and be like everybody else and Mm-hmm. eat and drink and enjoy the weekend. If that's really what you genu- yeah, genuinely want, then, then go for it. Right. If that's a life you want to live, then go for it. But oftentimes when you're coming to me as a client, you're coming to me with the intention that like I, I want something else for myself. Mm-hmm. So you need to decide what you want and stick to it. And then, Nicole, we get into embracing hard. And this is something that I've battled with, too, and I continue to battle with. And I think it's important to note that all of these things that we're mentioning today are things that everybody battles and struggles yeah. with. It's just what are you going to do about it is the real question. Embracing hard is about leaning into discomfort. And this is really where growth happens when you're in uncomfortable situations. That's where you're going to grow and you're going to have those aha moments like, wow, I really am capable and I can do things and I am strong. It's it's got to be you can't just quit every time something gets hard and you can't just this journey is nothing worth having. And I know it sounds cliche as fuck, but nothing worth having is going to be easy. You get through. And this is what I say all the time. I say this to, to like physicians like you made it through fucking med school, but you can't make it through a consistent month of workouts like you did four years of med school. That's like the most intensive educational training in existence, in my opinion, 
it goes back to the dialogue. If, if that's what you want, you do it even when it's hard. When you're unsure of what you want, I think the hard becomes harder because you're not really committed to whether this is what you want. All right. Let's get into the next one. So the next part of owning your process is stop blaming others. And this is one that drives me nuts. It's nobody's fault that you are where you are, except for yourself. You are not a victim of circumstances that others put on you. You're just you're not a victim at all. But the circumstances put on you are things that you brought on yourself. Like we said before, your life is the way that it is because you put yourself in that situation. And when you realize that ownership and that accountability of this is everything that I do or everything in my life is my fault. Now, listen, within reason, obviously, we all have things that we grew up with. We were all dealt a different hand of cards. I understand that. But there are many people that were dealt different cards or worse cards than you and still succeeded in the things that they set out to do. And you can do that, too. The difference is they're not blaming other people for their shortcomings. They're owning their shit and they're saying, okay, well, this happened. This is karma, right? It's like this happened because of something that I did. For every action that you take, there's a reaction out in the universe somewhere, somehow. So now you need to start taking those positive actions that are going to make your life better and make your fitness journey better and make your nutrition and eating habits better. It's all on you. It has nothing to do with anybody else. Mm -hmm. Well, I agree with that. It's all on you. But I will also say that I think it's okay to say that things are hard. I don't think you have to just be like, no, it just is what it is and keep doing it. It's okay to be like, this is hard. But you have to make sure that knowing that it's hard and you still do it is more empowering than dismissing the feeling. I'll kind of throw in something that I, I heard a long time ago, actually from Andy Frisella. Uh, back when his podcast, I don't remember. I don't know what is. I, I don't really listen to his podcast anymore. Um, it's called something else now. It used to be called the MF CEO podcast. Okay. And back when, you know, he said something that really spoke to me that was choose your heart because yeah. it's hard to not like, and he kind of related this to business. So it's hard being broke, mm-hmm. but it's also hard managing making money, money managing, mm-hmm. like creating a life for yourself that you want. It's, it's difficult. And Either path that you choose is going to be hard. The question is, yeah. which hard do you want? Do you want yeah. the hard of, you know, within that, that context, do you want the hard of financial freedom? Right. And in our context, do you want the hard of, hey, like I need to get up and have my routine every day in order for me to maintain this body, this healthy body that I have, mm-hmm. or I want to achieve a physique and it's going to be difficult to get to. But it's also going to be hard for you mentally if you're not doing the things to get there it's okay to acknowledge that both are hard. You get to choose what you want, which is what we're basically saying by owning whatever process you're picking. It's on you. And then Nicole, the next part of owning your process is competing with nobody but yourself. And this brings me to, there was this company called, I think they're called compete every day. And they popped up on, you know how the random ads pop up on your Instagram. Yeah. So they popped up and it's like this motivational business kind of company. And I I really had no interest in following the page, but they had a T-shirt that I just had to order. And on the (laughs) T-shirt, it said beat yesterday. And this is where I'm like, I'm competing with myself every single day. And I just want to beat yesterday. I want to be slightly better today than I was yesterday. 
again, this is your book. This is your movie. These are your goals and this is your life. Other people are not even thinking about your goals or they shouldn't be thinking about you. They should just be concerned with themselves. Focusing on others is it's just going to distract you from the primary objective, which is doing what you need to do to get where you're going. Yeah, you can. Well, I will also say I've had inspiration from others for sure. Like yeah, I've but that's different than I'm I not think, competing with I them. I think people are comparing themselves to others and they're competing with other people and they're like, I want to be better than that person. Well, no, you should want to be better than you should want to beat yesterday. You should want to yeah. be better than the you of yesterday. Also, and like we said before, it's like you were dealt the hand that you were dealt. You don't know what other people are going through. So stop thinking that other people have it easier and that they're succeeding and you're not because it's just not true. Everybody's going through their own struggles. Yeah, but I have to tell you, the people that have struggled the most, like I love autobiographies and I'm kind of a junkie in terms of reading them. So I will say that if I find a story of someone that struggled and had a really hard time, that's such an inspiration to me. It makes me feel like I can be better than yesterday because someone else also has been better than yesterday. You know, what's a really good podcast that is interesting. There are very few podcasts that I listen to outside of the right nutrition podcast when I'm editing an episode, <laughs> but how I built this, it's an NPR podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And they have all these stories of rags to riches where it's yeah. like, you know, Lara Bar was one of the stories that I listened to. And she was like, I was broke. I was like $40,000 in debt. And I just threw some things in a in a blender and created these fig bars. And then I just figured out how to package them. And then I sold them. And then I think she ended up like selling for like an insane amount of money to like Kellogg's or like one of the big companies. And think about now, that. Right. So it's, you know, you're starting where you are. Always start where you are. Yeah. And then move forward to where you want to be in increments, in steps. Mm -hmm. I love stories like that. All right. And then this one really speaks near and dear to my heart. In order oh. to own your process, you need to make friends with your inner child. And this is something <laughs> where I'm serious. I so this this is where and I've talked about this on the show before. I have this dialogue or, or this these kind of different versions of myself that I've kind of created in my head. I don't know if that's is, is that like considered like a compartmentalizing. We get some multi personnel. No, well, I, I've I have my inner child who's this scared little kid that is like you cannot do that. Like you're not capable of doing these things that you like. Who do you think you are? Everybody's got this inner child and this voice in their head that's like, who the fuck are you? Like you can't do this shit. And and it wasn't until I embraced that inner child and, and my inner child is little Cito and then it's big Cito and big Cito is the go getter and mm -hmm. little Cito is the, the scared Cito. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I made friends with that inner child and said, Hey, little Cito, I got this. I'm in the driver's seat. You're here with me for the ride. I know you're scared, but we're going to get through this and we are going to succeed. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to have that dialogue with yourself that, you can do it and have the you of today really kind of communicate that with your inner child that I know you think you're not capable, but you are. My inner dialogue is very different than that. I don't know if it's a, well, an so inner what's, child, what but... is your you don't have this scared. Yeah, like, do. what if we can't do it? Um, we I don't know. We, if there's a well, we I've created, I created <laughs> the, the, the we just kind of helps me to, you know, cope with the inner child. That's maybe just, I have more issues than you do. My inner dialogue. Well, is apparently really I'm talking to myself and I have more <laughs> issues. 
you've got to accept like your inner child isn't really going anywhere. He's there and he's scared, but you can prove to your inner child that you can do these things. I think that's an important part of the life process and the life journey is you're going to have some shadows and demons from your childhood growing up or mm -hmm. what your parents said to you or instilled in you yeah. or what they believed you could do or couldn't do. Right. How many times have I heard stories of clients that have been like, well, my parents, you know, called me fat and they judge my body and or they think that I work out too much or mm -hmm. they think all of these things or my friends and my peers or when I was growing up, I dealt with this thing. Listen, I talk about this all the time when I was a uh, I think I was in middle school and I said I wanted to play football and the kids laughed at me and they picked on me and they said, mm -hmm. hey, like you're too small and skinny and you can't ever do that. And then the same thing happened when I wanted to bodybuild. And I was I was a little bit older. I was going into my senior year of high school and I was like, I want to grow and I want to compete in bodybuilding. And everybody's like, that's a pipe dream and that's never going to happen. And there was a moment there where I was like, no, like I for some reason, this was something that I wanted. And you have to realize that your inner child as you're going through life is going to think of all the horrible things that people said to you yeah. or all of the thoughts that people kind of instilled. Like those aren't your thoughts. They're not, those fears are not your own fears. They're fears yeah. that other people put in your head. And when you realize that's just your inner child speaking, then you can move forward and say, okay, well, I am capable of taking on this fitness journey or taking mm -hmm. on my life journey and accomplishing whatever it is I desire. All right. Then we've got two more to cover in okay. terms of owning your process. You have to see solutions, not problems. This allows you to troubleshoot rather than harp on a problem. How many times, and this is for our audience here, how many times have you hit a wall, hit a road bump, and just kind of stopped in your tracks and said, well, okay, there's a problem and harped on that problem over and over again and just never came up with a solution. You need to start looking at things as, okay, here's the thing at hand. How do I solve this problem? And there are two things that I think you should ask yourself. Is there a solution that's in my control? If the answer is yes, then do something about it. And if the answer is no, and you can't control it, then you have to find a way to move on. Agreed. All right. And then the last thing we're going to get into on owning your process is we've talked about this a lot on this show choose who you surround yourself with. And Nicole, you kind of alluded to this in the beginning of today's episode. And it's I'm going to say you're as successful. I don't remember where I heard this, but you're as successful as your five closest friends. Yeah. Or the five people you spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. So you have to choose people that you have to choose a support system. You have to have some kind of a support system in your fitness journey and your nutrition journey. And whether you find that in the gym or you find that elsewhere, you, you need to find people that are like-minded that are going to kind of help push you along through this journey. And I think that's going to help you in your process. I don't think that's necessarily part of owning the process. I, I think it is if you're choosing to be around people that are constantly negative and bringing you down, like you're making the choice to be around those people. It's very difficult, I think, for some people who are just used to being around the same people like, well, I can't cut those people out of my life. I'm not asking you really to cut people out of your life. Maybe some people do need to and you need to evaluate that. But just distance yourself from the people that aren't going to serve your greater purpose. Mm -hmm. If you've ever been part of a team sport, 
like or a group of something like the community of fitness and wellness, I think is where this becomes really powerful because if you go to a class every day and people are supportive when you go to that class, or if you're part of a team sport, I mean, even in dance, we had dance teams. So seeing the same people and everybody trying to accomplish the same goal and be better it one, it's so much more fun. And two, you have people that help you when you're down and that understand what you're going through. So that community aspect of health and wellness, I think is really powerful. This is where the group classes become pretty intense because you're going to see the same people week to week. And even when I did my bikini shows and we were doing um, like posing classes together and there's 50 girls in a room, that was by far one of the best parts for me because I made a ton of friends Oh, we had so there was always someone to work out with. There was always someone to maybe complain a little bit with uh, or get recipes from or get support from. So when you are part of that community, whether it be your family, your friends or the people at the gym, it it makes the process a lot more fun. It's it's super exciting to have people that want to see you succeed. Yeah. And I think there's a balance, too, with you don't necessarily want to rely on those people that you're surrounding yourself with especially if they're negative, but you, you have to kind of there's you draw the line between like, all right, I'm surrounding myself with these people, but I'm not reliant on them. Like I, you still have to acknowledge that this is your journey. And I, I think yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's the big takeaway from this episode is like, this is your life, your journey, your decisions, your consequences, and the things that are happening in your life, you have to own. And I'm going to leave you with this note that owning our lives can seem a bit overwhelming at first. But if you just start small and turn everything into a small habit as you go along, in time, you'll begin to see the obvious changes and the direction that your life goes into with a different mindset. And on that note, if you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe, give us five stars, write a review, share this with a friend, and you'll hear us next week.